widespread solutions for stress management. Oh boy, uh, talking about stress management, especially with COVID and small businesses, right? So take a moment and go back to last March when COVID hit and you would go to the grocery store and you really, really needed that toilet paper and that toilet paper was not there, right? So we are experiencing what we call that new normal nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. What does that mean, right? And how does that new normal make you feel? Let me share with you how does that new normal make me feel. It confuses my life. When I see people fighting over toilet paper, when I'm calling to a business and that person is supposed to be working from home, but they're not, and they cannot help me out, it confuses me, but it makes me angry as well. Talking about angry, it makes me really angry, right? Um, Lena, hopefully your kiddos at the daycare do not make you angry like that, right? I just thought it was a cute picture. That new normal, everything that we experience nowadays, it makes me thirsty, right? Granted, I should not be thirsty at work, right? But what it does sometimes, it makes me feel tired. And when I do feel tired, then my career becomes just like this paycheck, right? So I'm there so I can make me money. I forget about why. Why am I there uh, to, uh, to serve my customers, right? To make my community better, right? And yes, to make money as well, this is important. So it brings a lot of stress in me and a lot of anxiety in me. And somehow I tend to maybe forget some of my original values, right? Why? Uh, so like, let's say you own a daycare. What is the main purpose of owning a daycare, right? To take care of the little kiddos, right, Lena? To help out the, uh, the parents so that they can be productive and they can be uh, producing for the city or the community as well. Now, let me share with you what happens when we burn out, when we allow stress to take over, right? Uh, losing an employee. So let's say you have three employees at work and let's say you lose one of your three employees. Do you know that is going to cost you 1.5 times the employee annual salary, right? 1.5. That means if you're paying me 20,000 and you keep me for a year and you lose me a year later, that is going to cost you another 10,000. And this is because of a lack of efficiency by the time we train the employee, by the time the employee become productive, uh, by the time we uh, find the right person, by the time we figure out how to create a job description and all that fun stuff, right? We're losing time and money. Now, burnout and stress also could create a lot of negativity. So many of us have our own stresses at home, um, especially with our kids. Are they going to school? Are they not? What's happening there? Am I going to bring income? Am I going to have my customers? So when I finally go to my business and my attitude is kind of hanging in there, like, uh, am I going to be really positive or am I not? Am I 
am I allowing stress to take over, right? So now I am very short sometimes with one of my employees. Now, did you know that every time you have one negative interaction, one, you would need 12 positive interactions, <clears throat> excuse me, to overcome that one negative. Do you have the time to do that? Diana, I do not, right? 12 positive interactions to overcome one negative interaction with a colleague or with a customer. Many times, and this is not a class that is going to teach you breathing exercises, but what experts say is that we can take a deep breath and hold our breath for four seconds, one, two, three, four, and then we can release, right? And that always is a very therapeutic way before we start reacting when it comes into a stressful situation. Now, we get stressed no matter what. We get burned out no matter what. We get overworked no matter what. A recent study showed that uh, from JAMA that anxiety and depression result from COVID even more, right? So now COVID hits us and then all of a sudden we started seeing more anxiety, more depression. Uh, we started seeing incidents of domestic violence, loneliness. I mean, this whole thing uh, indeed uh, create quite a bit of uh, distress. And I want to say hi to Monica. Thank, thank you so much, Monica, for joining me. Uh, and this is for all of you that joined us today. It means the world to me, uh, the city of Mesa and NAU, that you are part of this initiative. And thank you, thank you. Um, what I would like to uh, do is uh, if you can send me an email uh, via chat or send me, sorry, via chat uh, your email. This way I can email you a PDF of this PowerPoint. Lots of anxiety, depression. How do we deal with all this nonsense, right? Because it is. I mean, it's all about uh, what I usually say is that uh, all about attitude, attitude, right? So with this in mind, let me share a couple of things about myself. Uh, other than me being a professor teaching leadership courses, I also serve as a consultant, as a corporate trainer. I worked with many large and small businesses, uh, trying to help them um, develop their strategic initiatives. I worked with a lot of employee relations, uh, helping them creating uh, performance review processes, you name it. Uh, I worked with over 150 businesses, and the goal is how can I help them uh, move forward, right, and be successful. But what happens is when you have that anxiety and depression, right, to begin with, this sets you back a little bit. So now we need to start thinking, hmm, uh, this is very possible to happen. So what do I do? How do I move forward from here? The number one uh, challenge that I do find at work and uh, as a consultant is this that often people misunderstand one another and we are very different, we have different personalities. So this is what I wanna do right now. Maybe one of you would be able to help me out uh, to kind of guide you uh, through this and then the rest of you can follow that. And this is a beautiful activity that you can do that with your staff members or even your family members as well. 
Many times companies call me to mediate, and this is a tough one, I tell you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Mediating, it's, it's tough. It's when you have two conflicting parties, they usually allow these unresolved baggage. And talking about unresolved baggage, let me demonstrate here. So let's say I have a piece of luggage and I'm going to the airport, right? Then piece of cake, I can handle that. But let's say that you're giving me unresolved baggage, many more of those, and heavy, 10, 50, 100, that I haven't resolved over the years, then what do you think I'm going to do as I'm going through the airport with those? Some of them are going to fall down on the ground. They will be really heavy. It's going to be hard for me to move forward, right? So we've got to be able to address and find out what happened so that we can move forward. And one of the reasons that creates this baggage in our relationships and creates that stress is that we have different personalities and we don't understand one another. So we've got a type A personalities that before you tell them the task is to climb up the mountain, they'll be at the very top of the mountain. And then you have a type B personality that you tell them the task is to climb up the mountain and they'll say, hmm, I'll climb it, the mountain, but let me kind of take a nap or let me go to Starbucks really quickly, get a coffee, kind of stretch, relax, and then I'll get there. The point is, how do we understand one another so that we can minimize stress, we can minimize burnout and find a way to collaborate, right? And that makes it really, really interesting. All right, um, Lina, should I pick on you? Would you be kind um, enough to help me? I know you're always kind. Go ahead. All right, yay. All right, Lina, perfect. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be showing you different pictures. And you're going to tell me what bothers you from that picture. And based on your answers, I will tell you whether you're type A personality or type B personality. Are you comfortable okay. with that? Yes, that's fine. I love it. All right. So this is our first picture. What's wrong in this picture? What bothers you? Well, maybe the, um, he, you know, the mask, he is showing like a, that looks like the Mexican flag when <laughs> yes. can be, you know, I don't know, where it's just plain and different color and the other woman is not wearing anything, but took my attention, the one that looks like the Mexican flag. How interesting. Do you know that I haven't even thought of that at all? That is really interesting. Now, many people would say, and that could be offensive, right? You're thinking, you put that in your mouth, you know, that's, why would you even do that? Now, a type A personality, so you're more of a type A on this one, would say, ooh, Look at that, that looks like a flag, our flag, or he's not even covering the nose, right? That would be more of a type A reaction. A type B reaction would be, oh, look at the woman there, she doesn't have a mask, or not the end of the world, it's not a big deal, right? So let's keep going and then we'll count the results and find out uh, Lena's type A or type B. All right, Lena, you're going to the grocery store, you're running out of toilet paper at home, and you see a person in a cart with all that toilet paper, what are your thoughts? 
Well, I'm just hoping that it's enough for me and other people to have some to take home. Yes. Now, what if that is not enough for you? And that person is taking it all. What are you thinking about that person? Is that bothering you? Do you, uh, do you just kind of make a joke out of it and say, okay, whatever? Or you're like, how rude? I can't imagine. I can't believe that person is doing that. So, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, go ahead. I, if I see this because I saw it before and I just was grateful and I got ready for it and whoever didn't get prepared for that, they may have a negative uh, thoughts. But in my case, you know, I was ready. So I don't think this person is selfish is that he prepared first. Okay. So this is more of a, you know, relaxed type of attitude. That's more of a type B attitude with this one. If you're thinking like you're just fuming and you're thinking, oh my goodness, so this is for the rest of you and thinking how rude. I might even let that person know like, you know, hey, you need to sit here. What the heck are you doing? Right? That would be more of a type A um, attitude. So now... Lena, you're making your amazing meal that you're having your family over and some really uh, close relatives. And you have your great grandma's recipe that you really want to impress. So you go to the aisle and you experience that, that many of us experience. What do you think about that? Is that really upsetting you? Or are you thinking, oh, I gotta make something else now? What a bummer. Or it's really just, you know, really, really upsetting you. No, it's not upsetting me. It's actually, this happened, I mean, uh, just a, a couple months ago, the shelves were empty like this. I'm just thinking like, oh, well, I have to work with whatever I have at home. All right. So again, more of a relaxing attitude. This is more of a type B attitude. Uh, so far, we will have two type B attitudes and one type A attitude. That's really interesting, Lena. Whereas a type A would say, oh my goodness, you know, uh, that would be me, right? Um, I'm a type A. And that is not, not a right or wrong answer. It would be, darn it, I really needed to make this one. I'm just, you know, so frustrated right now, right? That would be more of a type A attitude. Um, I'm going to skip this one. Let's see this one here. Relaxing can be hard work for you. Do you relax, uh, Lena, when there is no work? Or you always uh, do something? I always have things to do. Keep me always. busy. I like to be busy. Like to be busy. More of a type A attitude now. See, now you're even split. So, you, so, so far, you're somewhere in the middle, uh, Lena. Um, whereas type Bs would say, oh, sure, I can relax. I think that's really therapeutic, right? Whereas type As are always on the go, always doing something. Okay, you have a low tolerance for incompetence when people do not get the job done right. It drives you crazy, maybe not crazy, but it frustrates you quite a bit. Does it, Lena, or not? Um, no, sometimes, but sometimes you have to think that people can be doing their best and maybe their best is not enough for you. And this is more of a type B attitude, which is great. How about mm, you make it happen? You are the go-getter. Are you? Yes. 
You are, all right. That is more of a type A attitude because type A's are the go-getters. They are the so-called perfectionists. What about this, Lena? I don't have a picture of that. What about waiting in line? Let's say you go to that favorite uh, carry-out restaurant, you're driving, and you see like seven, eight cars in line. Would you go or would you say there is no way I cannot wait in line? It frustrates me. Well, it depends how much I want to eat, you know, eat there because sometimes <laughs> I don't mind. It's, it's okay if I, or because I have other options. I can go to places too. And it's okay and you do have wait. other options. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Lena, for helping me so far uh, because so far the attitudes that you're telling me is you are right in the middle. So if I were to go back to the mountain, you know, um, based on your answers, you're right in the middle of the mountain. But sometimes you can act like a type A, but many times life is a little more relaxing and you can get things done and um, as a type B as well, which is really interesting. Now, type B personalities, tomorrow is the motto. I'll get it done tomorrow, so what? Thank you again, Lena, for helping me. Uh, or type Bs are very friendly, they're very easy going, they're very easy to work with a group. Whereas type A personalities, um, let's say you, if you place five type A personalities, it's like placing five tigers in a cage. What's going to happen there, having all those tigers, right? A lot of strong opinions, a lot of strong ideas. Uh, placing five poodles, let's say, or kittens, I should say, in a cage, right? Like type Bs. What they're going to do, they're going to stretch and take a nap and eventually wake up and they'll figure out a way down the road how to get out of the cage, right? So there is not a right or wrong personality. Uh, what happens is uh, type A personalities, they do have a more of a high stress level life. And, um, and I don't know if anybody would like to share or you want to use the chat room, feel free to do that. They're very competitive. They are perfectionists. You need to follow the rules 100%, right? And it drives them crazy when their team and other people are not really producing, right? Failure is not part of their vocabulary. Type B personalities, they have a low stress life. They'll get it done, but they'll get it done at their own time, and that is okay. They are more reflective, they are easier with the people skills. And usually, although they will get things done, but they will not get things done timely enough for type A personalities. Do you see why those personalities are classing? So now, let's say, if I am type A, and I really want to climb up the mountain, and my employee or colleague is type B, so do you see how stress gets created and then type A feels that, okay, I don't wanna wait for type B to get the work done, so I'm gonna get the work done. That elevates my stress level, I cannot take it any longer, and that creates that explosion, right? Burnout, and eventually, Instead of figuring out a way to collaborate with one another, we have people quitting, we have people being angry, people bad-mouthing, people gossiping, and that creates a lot of distress, and that does not help anybody. 
right? So I want you to take a moment, ladies and gentlemen, and think about one person that you disconnect at work. That could be a supervisor. That could be Lena, one of your parents, let's say, of the students. Because, you know, these are your customers, indirect customers, not just your uh, students, right, in your daycare, but also your parents. And I'm picking on Lena because I uh, will be working with her. We yes. talked a little bit about some consulting and I kind of I know a little bit about uh, her business. Right? Yes. So you're disconnecting, right? So now I want you to also visualize what can you do instead of allowing that anger to take over that stress what can you do to find a happy medium because if you are a type a and let me check the chat room really quickly and see if um anybody send me any messages hi carol i got your name that's great all right um okay perfect So if you're a type A, remember you gotta climb down the mountain halfway. If you're type B, you gotta climb up the mountain halfway. Gotta meet somewhere in the middle. So let's say that you're a, a perfectionist, type A. You're very timely, right? Uh, to give you an idea, type A personality, when you do your groceries, you'll have a list. You're gonna follow the list to the T. You'll be organized, you'll go down the aisles that you only need to. Type B personalities, you also have a list, but you forget it at home. So you're going to walk down every aisle and, and put everything in the cart. And then afterwards, you're going to say, oops, did I need all these groceries, right? So now climbing the mountain down, that means what? If you know your type B employee or colleague is not getting done the assignment the way or on a timely manner, then you send a reminder or two. It does not hurt to do that. You can send an email and you can say maybe two weeks before an assignment is done or the project or a week before. Or let's say I have my restaurant and I know that my type B personality is the um, one of the cooks that does the prep work in the restaurant. So now I might do this. Maybe develop a system with the get a whiteboard one of those five dollar whiteboards and then write down some reminders right reminders for the cook right uh, uh, prepping da 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 do this or do that right so that uh, the cook or the type b cook will have that reminder constantly if your type b personality and you feel that the type a personality stresses your life because they do actually type a personalities what we do because i'm a type a myself we tend to irritate ourselves even right we irritate others and we irritate ourselves because we are perfectionists so i can be staring at this slide and i can be changing that orange color you have no idea how many colors i did last night trying to figure out hmm, was that the right color was that not the right color why started to analyze uh for something that who really cares about the color if you put it in perspective right so if you are type b then find a way create your own schedule and you know that your type a colleague or supervisor or parent might or customer might expect those things from you right 
then maybe create a system that you can meet them halfway with the time. Uh, this is very critical. And this is going to minimize your stress. I tell you, you know how many mediations I've done? Many, many of them were resolved just by me drawing that picture and sharing and explaining to the employees uh, that this is important to understand that A, we are different. We don't work the same way. We don't have the same mentality. We gotta meet halfway. We gotta do that. Any questions, any thoughts, any comments so far? Before I discuss the second reason why I feel uh, we see confusion and, and stress happening at work. And I know you can relate with this one, the second one. Perfect. Um, and as long as you can monitor my, the chat room, let me know if you do see any comments, any thoughts, or feel free to share any comments. Uh, my next question is who wants to be a millionaire? Mm, Diana, I want to be a millionaire. Unfortunately, I don't have a million dollars to give. Right? Uh, just a little bit of knowledge. How about that? Let's begin here. All right, so what I want to do a little bit is discuss how generations, working with different generations, create distress at work. And what can you do to minimize that? And what will, can you do to understand it and respond accordingly instead of allowing stressful people in your life, right, to increase that stress? Because on top of that stress, then we have COVID, we have the uncertainty of the unknown. What's happening with my business? Um, is my business going to stay open? Uh, hopefully, yes. Or are we going to close down like we did back in March and April? Or uh, how am I going to make my payment? And what do I need to do from here? Right? A lot of ambiguity out there. All right. So with this in mind, uh, Zong, do we have any um, chats? Or? No, not yet. All right, perfect. Then if I can have you mute, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate your help. So I told my boss, if you're looking for loyalty, then buy a dog. What generation do you think would say that? Baby boomers or Gen Yers? Baby boomers, 51 to 70 years old, Gen Yers, uh, 39 to 25 years old. And the correct answer is Gen Y. Now here's the difference, right? Uh, and again, we don't want to stereotype either because a baby boomer can also have a Gen Yer in him or herself, right? For example, I'm a Gen Xer, as in X, based on my age, but I think I, I have more of a baby boomer mentality and I have more of a Generation X mentality, and that is very normal to happen. But let me discuss a little bit about this when it comes into loyalty. Older generations they will be loyal to your business. So now, um, it doesn't matter if they um, really, really enjoy, Diana, your business or not, they'll keep coming. They'll keep being your customer. They'll keep coming to you, right? Because they enjoy that. Younger generations, and here is the, the, the cat's carol. Younger generations most likely, and I'm not saying all of them, they will be loyal to you as your supervisor, to you as a colleague, right? To your team. So if they like Liz, your team, they're going to stay. If they don't, and they, there is distress and there is anxiety, 
and there is burnout in the team and lack of clarity, they're gonna leave. And what happens when they leave? Remember what we said earlier, that is going to cost you 1.5 times their salary, right? So it's gonna cost you a lot of time trying to find the replacement to find the right people. Let's move on in the next one. LOL, what does that mean? Hopefully not living on Lipidor, hopefully not, right? This is a whole new language for many of us, right? So growing up, Monica, did you have that uh, LOL? Did you know what that meant? Was that in our vocabulary? Probably not, right? Laugh out loud would be the right answer here. So ladies and gentlemen, let's discuss a little bit the five generations working side by side and uh, what can you do to understand them but also what can you do to collaborate with them so let's watch a little video that i put together some pictures i decided against the audio i did have music and i had a frank sinatra song saying the new york new york you know that amazing song of his that some of you may know but this is how traditionalists grew up. Uh, traditionalists, they are 70 or older nowadays, 70 or older, less than 2% left at work in our workforce. They grew up in Great Depression. They grew up with a very strong work ethic. They taught us that work ethic. They taught us to feel the pride when you go to work, right? Work hard respect your supervisors be disciplined they taught us to value our families right uh, when it comes into technology that's the technology that you see that they used whole different uh, generation they are called the silent generation they're not gonna talk to you a whole lot they're not gonna give you a whole lot of feedback because that's how they grew up right whereas there is a disconnect nowadays with the younger generations because they grew up with uh, all kinds of feedback. Like in my classes, oh my goodness, if I even give my cell phone to my students, if I don't text them right back or I don't email them right back, they're going to start emailing and texting and saying, hey, did you get my message? What's going on? Right? Do you see the difference? When I was a student, though, back in the day, my professors would take maybe three, four weeks to respond to me four weeks if i were to wait four weeks right now to respond to my student i'd probably be fired i'm not kidding right whole different way of thinking i'm not saying that is right or wrong i'm saying that is different right and that creates distress when they do see people with um, a lot of tattoos and i'm not saying that a tattoo is a good thing or a bad thing but it's different for this generation. Or when they see people with pink hair and green hair and blue hair, you know what they're saying? They're saying, what's the world coming to, right? That's because they grew up in a very conservative way. When they see people go into Starbucks and they pay $5.25 for a cup of coffee, I mean, many of us do, right? What do they say? $5.25, what are you thinking? I can buy a small can for 585 or 525 and that can is going to last me two weeks but remember how they grew up they grew up with the technology when they want to buy a car 
they physically will go to every dealership in town. They're going to will and deal. Three years later, after willing and dealing, they'll decide, I did not need the car after all. I need to save up, right? Younger generations, what do they do? I'll wake up one morning, I'll go to the dealership. I wasn't even planning to buy a car. I'll buy the car and then I'll say, hmm, I think I need to get a job now <laughs> so that I can pay for that car. But do you see that the way that we're thinking differently and the disconnect that happens? Uh, let's take a moment and uh, take a look at the second generation in AIDS is the baby boomer generation. And talk a little bit about distress and what are some of the areas that baby boomers are motivating us and what have they done other than their amazing music. Oh boy, baby boomers, how old are they? 51 to 69 about uh, the music. Oh boy, right? The Beatles, a Grateful Dead. I mean, who can uh, deny that, that era? Baby boomers are what I call true leaders. Although they did not grow up with technology, they helped their traditionalist parents create corporate America, and we thank them for that. They have the wisdom, they have the experience, right? They know, they've done it. They, you know how many daycares they created, uh, Lina, right? They are workaholics, right? They are working, they're the first ones to go to work. You're gonna see a baby boomer, instead of going to work at eight, they'll be there at 6.30. Instead of leaving at 5, they're going to leave at 6.30 p.m., right? When they see younger generations leaving on time or a little early, they're saying, what's going on here? Where is their work ethic? Younger generations is saying, what is wrong with you, baby boomer? I don't want to give it all to the company. I have a life. You need to get a life too, right? Do you see that disconnect? So what we want to do is we want to think of baby boomers with a hard work ethic. They brought the concept of accepting diversity. They brought the concept of uh, change and work, right? Moving forward of strategic planning. We need to strategically plan as we're having a business. We can't just kind of operate without having a vision, without knowing what our weaknesses and what need to be our, our strengths so we can move forward. So what we really want to do is we want to partner younger and older generations to work together, right? And collaborate to understand. The worst thing we can do is we can let our baby boomers employees leave. So let's say you have a baby boomer dishwasher in your restaurant, assuming you have a restaurant. But dishwasher, I tell you, they can tell you 10 different ways of saving money and time doing dishes right? So instead, sometimes older generations criticize younger generations, that creates distress. Younger generations criticize older generations, that creates that anxiety, right? Instead, what if we have baby boomers coaching the younger generations, helping them out, showing them what they learned over the years? This way we can pick the brains before they exit the workforce. I do have here a couple of um, oops, baby boomer sayings. Let's see here uh, if you can relate to those. 
my mother told me taught me logic because I said so. That's a typical baby boomer saying. You gotta eat your vegetables to grow up. Remember that? My mother taught me genetics. You're just like your father. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until your father gets home. And my mother taught me justice. One day I hope you get kids and they turn out just like you, right? These are some, some uh, interesting uh, baby boomer sayings. Any questions so far as we are traveling through all the generations? Because we got three more to go. And these three are the ones that you're gonna probably servicing even more with your business. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about Generation X, my generation, as in X, right? As in uh, Madonna, Michael Jackson, MTV. We're talking about uh, 26 to 50 years old, right? Oh boy, almost half a century in that generation. Let's see what I got here for you. This is a generation that they saw their parents, baby boomers, working very hard, and they said, you know what? I don't want to work hard. I want to work smart. I want to, it's okay if I work from home, I'm going to balance my personal life and my work life a little better, right? I'm not going to give 20 hours a day to the company. I'm going to give enough though that I'm required to do. Uh, this is a very entrepreneurial uh, generation. Those of you, and I don't know if I have any generation Xers uh, today in the class, but those of you that in high school, you had a cassette, you'll know what I'm talking about, those of you who are Gen Xers, and you created your own music from the radio. Do you know, although that was illegal, but many people did, or most people did, do you know you were Napster or Spotify when those, those ideas back then did not even exist, right? That's what I'm talking about, entrepreneurial. Uh, this is a generation that wants a little more of a balance, uh, family and life. A lot of uh, business owners in this generation, they are very more of a risk-taking generation as well. Uh, very, very interesting. They think globally, family-oriented. They want to bring a little more fun at work, not just work, 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 right? This is a generation that um, indeed, when it comes into loyalty, they might not be as loyal as their older generations, not always. They might give you the two weeks notice and say, okay, so you see now over the years, we are changing in loyalty. Older generations, even if they don't like the workplace, they're gonna probably stay. Younger generations, right? They will probably not stay because anxiety will take over, stress is gonna take over. So what can you do as a business owner, right? Or as a business employee or a supervisor is understand that and address that with them so that you can keep them because they will connect with you, the younger generations. And if you, if you will be the one that could possibly keep them and that would be a huge accomplishment. 
Oh boy, one of my favorite generations, oh, they're all favorite ones, is uh, Generation Y. I work with a lot of my students uh, from that generation. I have a lot of non-traditional students that they are 25 to 38 years old. This is a generation of Ys. Why do I need to wake up in the morning and go to work at eight? No one does anything before 10 or, okay, I'm being silly here. Why can't I have a race? I've been with a company for three whole weeks. This is me being silly. Now, this is the only generation, ladies and gentlemen, that is multitasking. They can get 10 things done and succeed in all those things. Isn't it something? So let's watch uh, what uh, I put together for that generation. This is a creative and innovative generation. So if you trust them, they're going to tell you, you know what, you're doing great with your business, but uh, I have this idea. So listen to their ideas. They, they could really bring you some customers. This is a generation that uh, grew up with technology that changes quite a bit and quite drastically, actually. Creativity, innovation. This is a generation of trust. You see here that what happened, the horrible things that happened at 9-11. And when they were 14, 15, 13 years old, they watched on the news terrorist attacks. And that stressed them. So for the first time, trust becomes an issue in that generation. So because they grew up with lack of trust, what is that telling you as a business owner? You need to develop a trusting relationship with them. Right? I got to give you respect to earn respect. I'm not going to demand it and say, you do this for me. That's not going to work, as you know. Right? I got to give you that respect to get them back. Very important. They don't trust in general. Right? So we need to develop that connection with them and find out what are their needs and are we meeting their needs and collaborate with them. Generation Z is the youngest generation that they grew up with a laptop that changes all the time with phones. How many of you have babies at home or grandbabies at home that they prefer to play with your cell phone, right, than their own toys? Right? They don't even play with toys. So let's find out uh, about this generation. Any questions, any thoughts, any comments? Um, we're monitoring the chat room as well. Or feel, feel free to share them. This generation is also entrepreneurial. They want to be their own boss. The challenge with this generation that is uh, 24 to 16 years old, a lot of your new younger employees, that's going to be them being old, right? I can never imagine myself growing older with a video game, but it's different. It's not good or bad, it's different. But this is a generation that really wants to be their own boss. They want to make decisions, right? So if you empower them to help them make decisions, instead of you telling them, go get this done, you could say something like, this is the challenge we identified. How should we resolve it? They're going to love you for that. They will. You'll go to score points with them. They want to be part of the decision-making. Uh, technology is a must, right? 
with uh, that generation. They grew up with technology. And if you let them, they could recreate your entire office. They can create Excel spreadsheets. They can do. And that's a generation that will never know what's the relationship between a cassette and a pencil. They will never, never know, right? So now, as we are thinking of disconnecting and, and disconnecting with our clients, disconnecting with our, the parents that we serve, the customers, our colleagues, if you employ some people, right? That can create a lot of stress and distress. So what would be some of the solutions, right? To ensure that, first of all, understand that we're different. That's why I share that information that is going to minimize your stress. I mean, I can teach you a bunch of breathing exercises that most of the stress management programs do, but I wanted us to be proactive, not reactive, not for you how to deal with that stress, but how to prevent it, right? And I think this is very, very important to know how to prevent it. So when it comes to with younger generations, older generations don't mind praising a lot because they did not grow up with praising. They don't see the merit. Younger generations, all about praising. What do we do when we have a baby? But the baby is party trained. Oh boy, we throw a party and we are so excited. Yeah, she got party trained, like a big deal, right? It is a big deal. And we let them know. And from the moment that the baby is growing up, what do we do as parents or grandparents? We praise that baby. Now that baby grows up and that baby becomes your colleague at work, your employee, right? And then you stop praising. So what's happening there, right? Do you see the difference? So younger generations are all about praising. They need that. Praise them when you see that they do something good. Enforce that behavior. So let's say they were very calm and very professional when they dealt with a difficult customer of yours. Let them know afterwards. Be specific what they did well, right? And take a moment of silence to really, really uh, connect with them. They would appreciate that. When it comes to feedback, think of feedback as a burger. And I have my burger right here, too, right? That burger pillow is really soft, too. And it can be a veggie burger if you want, if you're a vegetarian. Start with the top bun with something positive. End with the bottom bun with something positive. And where is the middle? Don't criticize. Don't yell right? Instead, use I statements and say something like, I suggest, or this is what I usually do and helps me out. What do you think about that? Or do you have any suggestions? How can we, open-ended questions, right? How can we address that? Open-ended questions that don't have a yes or no answer. So this is a very empowering model with the younger generations to use. Instead of saying, go to the do this for me just because it was not done right, right? That's not going to work with the younger generations. Uh, more tools that will help you minimize distress. They like choices. So let's say um, you have two chores to do. Uh, the one is sweeping, the other one is doing the dishes. Give them a choice, right? They want ongoing feedback and they want positive feedback and constructive, but it needs to be ongoing, right? As we're thinking strategically, I'm taking us here to the next level. 
What do you see at the very bottom of the picture? The vision. If your vision is to create a stress-free workplace, right? Then you need to go right above that vision that says SWOT, S-W-O-T. That stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And that's what we do when we strategically plan or help businesses strategically plan. So strengths and weaknesses are important to realize. So what do you do well as a business? What are your strengths, right? Do you have good customer service? Are you financially sound? Do you have employees that they stay for a long time? That's great. What are your weaknesses or challenges, right? That let's say employee retention, my employees leave all the time, right? Uh, let's say that uh, customer complains then you need to look in the weaknesses and prioritize them, place them in order. Obviously, if I do have a lot of customer complaints, what do I need to do, right? Then we've got to problem solve. We want to think about maybe customer service. Maybe I can reach out to the city of Mesa because the city of Mesa has uh, partnered with many of us that we can come to your business and help you. Right? The only challenge is that this is going to end by the end of December. So you need to act fast if you need us uh, to come to you to help you. But you'll have to reach out to the city of Mesa uh, for this. So as you're planting your business, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I ended up with my second webinar like that and I thought it was, I really like the picture, so I brought them back here, right? So as you're planting your business and thinking, where do you want to go? Are you going to allow stress to take over and burn out? If you do, then your business will look like the second picture that you probably don't want to have. But if you're proactive and you're able to understand the differences in generations, the differences in our personalities, understand that people, because of COVID, might have elevated stress levels right, then your business will be fruitful. So ladies and gentlemen, which of those pictures would you like your business to look like? Oh boy, I cannot thank you enough. I don't know who to thank first. First of all, um, all of you that you are here today, uh, that means the world to me, it really does, that you spend an hour with me uh, as a representative of NAU. This is my email. Feel free to reach out to me at any time. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, I'm here to help you in any way.